Welcome to the podcast. It is Live Transformed, episode number 245. Dr. Jim Richards, mm-hmm. so good to see you. I have just really have enjoyed the morning with you. Oh, man, I yeah. Just, one thing, um, listeners, I just want you to know, we we just share such a, a rich friendship. And, yeah. yep. uh, and again, I don't take that for granted. And I think, you know, during this holiday season, you know, that we're in, you know, just, just again, take a look at the relationships that we share mm-hmm. and just, and value them. I think a lot of times you, you think as though they're never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, don't treat them like that, you know? No. Keep no. keep it special. And I love how listeners like you guys were all part of this synergy together. Yeah. Like if you weren't here, it wouldn't be the same. No. We are so thankful for this mm-hmm. journey we're taking with you. We yeah. just love that you're listening. Love, mm-hmm. love, love that you're listening. Mm-hmm. You know, this morning, of course, you know, we have worked together longer than this. But this morning we were talking about when did we start the Live Transform program? Yeah. 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 And uh, it didn't start. As you guys know, but I'm just sharing this with the people. It didn't start as a podcast, right? It no. started as, as a television broadcast and a weekly weekly yeah. episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if I and if, if we got our numbers right, it was about 17 years ago. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But here's something that we probably every week for yeah. 17. Yeah, and that, years. that was me flying to Canada. <laughs> yeah, and, uh-huh. and I would fly up there, TV. and we would man, you know, it would be grueling. We would start. At about eight, eight thirty, sometimes nine in the morning, yeah. and sometimes we would make what six or eight television programs in two oh, yeah. days, or uh, you yeah. know whatever. No, one day. And one day, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but uh, I don't know if you remember this. I remember us sitting one day having a discussion, and one of the things that we wanted to do, and we never figured out a way to do it, was to start videoing the discussions that we had when we were just there on the couch. You remember talking about oh, that? Oh, yeah. I remember talking yeah. about it. It was going to be kind of like the pre and the post. Like, so before the show started, we yeah. would have great talks. And then afterwards, mm-hmm. we would have great talks. And we were thinking of recording those yeah. and, and, and offering them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there, because there, you know, there are so many things that you can talk about in a broadcast, but we have to stay on track in a broadcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and we know you you know the, the listeners have only got a limited amount of time and we got to right. get mm-hmm. everything of value in so we don't have yes. much playtime really right. when it's it all comes content to yeah all content no play what but it sure would <laughs> it sure would be fun if we could figure out a way to do that which we we yeah. might you know we we actually mentioned that before about doing a video I have an idea when we first turn on our meeting we should just start pushing record and then everyone would be right. in yeah but then there there are things we would need to edit out cuz Audrey just can't keep it straight so well and also you know those many times when you know when we have manifestations of the lord here and and the room begins to glow and it washes out the camera and all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't we don't want to have to explain that to everybody, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you this. Oh, and of course, y'all know I've got this warped sense of humor. And, and I really like using yes, my, war- my warped sense of humor. I really like using this to, to confuse religious people. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is one of my great joys to watch this look of confusion just watch their what you know watch their eyes glaze over because you know you ask them questions and they, they contradict themselves over and over and, and they back themselves <laughs> into a corner that they can't get out of and you're not arguing you're yeah. just talking to them but uh 
But one of the things, and I wish I could still, I wish I could find this picture. I was in uh, Hong Kong, and uh, this, this was uh, this. We were going into China, and we were working with the underground church and all that kind of stuff. And so, so we 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 met with a group that was going to work with us. So we had to spend a few days in Hong Kong. And so um, I was just had a lot of boredom. So, you know, back in those days, we didn't have, we didn't have phones, you know, to take pictures with, you know, you'd have yeah. to buy you a little, you know, a little bit. That was when digital cameras first came out, actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I go over and I, there was a full length mirror on the door. So I go over and stand in front of that full length mirror. So I hold this phone like <laughs> down right around my belly button. And I take a picture, and you can't tell that it's a mirror. So the oh, okay. so so I take the picture. So this flash goes mm -hmm. off, and so it mm -hmm. looks like I'm holding this ball of fire in my hands. Oh, oh, like, like oh, an aura. Oh yeah. my gosh! And so when I would get around some of these just disgustingly religious people, and they would start talking about manifestations of their anointing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you just were about ready to puke. You know. And uh, uh, so <laughs> I would always pick the one that I felt like was the most gullible and get them off by themselves. Oh, I say, oh Look, Jim. You, Jim, and you kept a straight face. Oh, yeah. I, I say, you know what? I don't really share this with many people because oh, I think stop. it'd be too much like bragging or something. And that's the reason I didn't bring it up when you guys were talking in there, but I'm going to show you something. And I said, I was just getting ready to lay hands on people when somebody took this picture. And so, you know, no. like, man, I'm telling you, they would totally, they would spaz out completely is, over this anointing <laughs> that was so powerful that it was a ball of fire in my hand. And, <laughs> and so, you know, we can't do stuff like that in a podcast. And so we could do a lot of other things if we were videoing everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we should now, so, I know some people listen and say, you are so mean. You are a horrible person. Well, I probably am a horrible person most of the time. But but you know what? You, you can't argue with a religious person. And so I never used that just, you know, to make them look stupid. They were doing a good job of make, looking stupid all, without me, you know. But what I would do is at some point, then I would have a conversation about that person, why something so unbiblical and so ridiculous was believable to them. And I would mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. use it to try to get them to evaluate some of the nonsensical theological positions that they held. Anyhow. Right. Oh, well, that's funny. That is funny. So often we look for these things that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that just kind of beyond ourselves, and that that will really, really make the difference. Mm -hmm. And when we began the Live Transform series, I just, I, I thought it was genius. Mm -hmm. And because it was television, you know, you're, you're on a half yeah. hour, you know, time restraint. But what we decided to do at the end of every single episode was to come back and not bring a conclusion, right. you know, or to, you know, uh, pull it all together. But what we decided to do was, you know, what would be then the, you know, prescription? Yeah. You know, Remember, for my we life. used to always have a prescription at the and end. The Dr. Jim is going to give you a prescription. Yeah. And that applied to life mm -hmm. has, has been absolutely transformative. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, because what good is just the information? Yeah. 
if if it if it's not transferable to to my life. Yeah. And so again, that's what we want for you yeah. mm-hmm. in this podcast yes. is that you know, we're going to spend time, we're going to have fun together, we're going we're we'll explore these things, but if it doesn't, you know, connect with you personally in your life with God, then I don't know what good it is. So well, I, I just really thank you, Jim, you know, for bringing that emphasis, mm-hmm. you know, to, to our lives. Well, you know, th- that's the way I, I mean, I didn't know any better, just ignorance on my part, but that's the way I started as a new believer because I knew I didn't know anything about God. And I knew that uh, he was going to have to teach me if he wanted me to understand this. So reading the Bible and all that kind of stuff, it always was for the purpose of application. So, mm-hmm. uh, so when you stop and think about it in, in reality, if anything that I'm doing, praying, reading the Bible, studying, listening to a sermon, anything that I'm doing that involves God without intentionally setting a mindset that says, okay, God, whatever, whatever in this can, can kind of point me in some direction of application. How can right. I, how, what, right. I, what do I need today? What can, mm-hmm. And so because of that, Every day you end up with something fresh from God mm-hmm. and, and something that makes your relationship just explode into relevance rather than a, a drift away into irrelevance. Yeah, it's so cool because, you know, when you talk about what you were saying about Hong Kong and that, I mean, that fun little picture you had, I think that we can be, I think that people, all of us are curious and amazed at things that are invisible. Like there's something within a human nature to be, um, want to discover mysteries of that, the invisible world. And, and I think that's wonderful because it brings us to faith. Like, I've got to be able to see with the eyes of faith something that's invisible. It's making mm-hmm. the invisible visible of something that I can see. I think that the invisible is so important to explore. Well, the difference, though... And yet we can be practical and invisible. Oh, yeah. The you know what I'm saying? I'm the, just saying the, both uh, are important. But there's a difference in the way y- you would approach that and the way most believers would approach it. Ah, gotcha. And so, so you know, get. actually looking for the unseen... Yes. Usually leads people down the pathway of pseudo spirituality. Uh huh. Because, because it, it is getting something they're never going to put into practice. It's never going to change. Right. It's never going to change your daily no. life. Exactly. Right. If you don't, right. that's what I was trying to say. If you don't have both 100% practical with the unseen and with the invisible, then it just turns into all right. unseen and it's just all, you know. It's, it doesn't change, your, as Bob said, it doesn't change your life. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Probably almost almost everything that I ask God for. Now, you know, I, I never ask God for things. I was just, I'm telling you, my journey with God was never about, I want things. I want a new car. I want a new guitar. Right. I, want to, I want to pay my all my debts. You know, I mean, just... All I was ever, anything I was ever pursuing with God, it was always about, you know, how does this make me a better man? How does this make me more effective at serving people? You know, you know those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So I, mm-hmm. and and so I realized at some point in time that even though I thought I was, and I probably was trying to seek God, you know, in a valid way, I think uh, 
I think almost everything that I've ever asked God for, other than things that affected us relationally or, or equipped me ministerially, were actually absolutely useless if God had answered those prayers, which the reason he didn't is because they really weren't scripturally based. If God had answered those prayers, they would have done me more damage than good. You know, you know, I, I knew the first three years that I was saved, I knew the, the journey that I was going to go through. God showed it to me. I knew the journey. I knew, I knew okay, in three years, you're going to leave here. And you're going to go to Bible school. And you're going to stay there two years. Then you're going to leave there. And you're going to go start a church. And then, you know, and then uh, uh, he gave me the sequences of some other things. But basically, one of the things he showed me was I, I wouldn't even start really walking in my calling to any great degree until I was 50 years old. Hmm. And so because God approached me that way, I stopped asking a lot of questions. There were just, you know, it's like, why should, why should I worry about something that's not going to happen for another, you know, 30 or 40 years? Why, right. why should I be worried about any of that? I just need to follow mm -hmm. God. I just need to get up every day yeah. and follow God and he'll lead me, you know, you know, to where I want to go. And, uh, you know, where the world is right now, I saw every bit of this. The first three mm -hmm. years I was a believer. I, I, mm -hmm. And I remember going to people I respected and tried to talking to them about it, and they just thought I was nuts. And mm -hmm. uh, But the, the long and the short of it, you know, when I would share those stories, and I, and I never shared them a lot because I never liked to create a super sensationalism or oversell right. who I was or you know, that kind of thing. But so many people would like, man, I, I, I wish I could do that. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And what, what do you mean, no, you don't? And I would just say, look, here, here, here's the honest truth is. When you get a word of knowledge about somebody, do you use that more for ministry or for gossip? Mm, mm -hmm. And, you know, most people, if they were being honest, and a lot of people were, they would say, you know what? I really use that more for gossip, and I use it more to make me look good than I do to mm -hmm. actually serve the people right. that I'm getting this word right. about. Right. So, so you know, you start realizing victorious living is now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's now. It's not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. Right. It's now. Right. And anything that you, anything that you're thinking that, that you can get from God that is going to, going to equip you for tomorrow. The real truth is you don't know if it is or not. Only thing that you know that works is what works today. Yes. You know, yes. I was praying for, you know, you know, I do have a private coaching group, uh, ultimate impact, by the way, uh, we're going to be opening that up for registration for our new, for our new, uh, Your next one, the next you one. That, mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to get an email out about that this week and we'll give you guys some information about it. Okay. But, great. But you know, the next one we're talking, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, really prayer authority, all of these kinds of things mm -hmm. and how that, how that plays into, you know, what our, so our, good. our roles are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is that starting uh, before and or after Christmas? I'm going to decide that today. It'll probably oh, okay. start after okay. Christmas. After yeah. Christmas. Yeah, okay. I don't, I don't really want to so have an interruption. Yeah. Kind of have a framework. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So, uh, <clears throat> but, so, so I've been really praying a lot about it because the, the, the last one, that one that we're finishing now, which I'm going to make all of our sessions available. Mm -hmm. and so people want to say, well, wait a minute, I want to go back before I, get into this, I want to make sure I got this foundation. 
So one of the things that we've been talking about is coming out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, and, and how that all, every journey in the wilderness was supposed to be a training and an equipping so that mm-hmm. when the children of Israel, which is a type of the church or the believer, when they reach the uh, shores of the Jordan River, you know, the final baptism, and you know, the, the, they crossed the Jordan River on dry land, just like they did the Red Sea which mm-hmm, means it mm-hmm. was also a type of a baptism. And very probably it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so the very last thing that needed to ha- needs to happen before you cross that Jordan River and, and face these, face these uh, vicious nations and, uh, is you want to be internally sound. Hmm. Because, because once you cross over the Jordan River, you're going to face an enemy you can't defeat by in your own strength. In your own strength. Yeah, right, right. And let me just say this. Uh, sadly, uh, if you look up the nations of the, uh, uh, the, you know, the tribes of the nations that were in Canaan, and Canaan represents heaven on earth. It's the kingdom yeah. of heaven. Then almost everything that you read about this will... will try to equate those different tribes with different types of demons. Hmm. And so it always gets you into a spiritual warfare that is external, that has nothing to do with you, with, with developing you as a person. So that's that pseudo-spiritualism you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, it, it takes you yeah. into total, total external focus. Well, yeah. the truth is, all of those tribes actually represent uh, a work of the flesh, an aspect mm-hmm. of the flesh. Yes. And so the whole idea of the Holy Spirit in us and with us and through us is that we conquer these fleshly desires uh, that really all of our fleshly desires, it was was like every one of them was was an addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, it had the power of of being addicted to heroin or something or crack or something. Right. Because it's it's always pulling on you to to try to, you know, uh, fulfill that desire, you know, da 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 da. So, anyhow, so so as I'm thinking about this, you know, I'm thinking once we cross over into the Jordan, the according to what God said to the children of Israel, First of all, all of these tribes have to be driven out completely. And he, and he said, if you don't, they will become thorns in your sides and thorns mm-hmm. in your eyes. Well, they didn't drive them out. They actually conquered them and turned them into slave nations. And then before long, they started intermarrying with them and worshiping their gods. And they, did, and they became thorns in their sides. But, uh, but I'm sitting here thinking, based on what God said he wanted to happen and the way he was going to use Israel to reach every nation in the world, it was it was going to be purely done by strength of character, not yes. not by any right. true external warfare. So interesting. And so you know, but you know, one of the things that happened with you know you know the the, the old the old line churches they became they they took character in those things and they made them turn it into legalism, mm-hmm. and you know into obeying rules. And so they, right. they totally missed it there. And so when the Pentecostals and Charismatics and Word of Faith people came along, then they made it all external about right. doing warfare outside of you. It was both extremes. Yeah. You, you know, you know, Jim, it's so amazing what you're saying because I was just 
totally saturated in Hebrews 4 this morning before we, we started recording with you. And it talks, you know, in, in the Passion Translation, but it was talking about how we've been offering this promise of entering in, because we've been talking about realms and mm. dimensions, you know, in past um, time sessions together, but entering into his realm of resting yeah. in this confident faith. And he actually mentions Joshua in the promised land and all, oh, yeah. all of that in Hebrews 4. So it's just interesting to me that you're saying this because I was... And it just says that we need to be extremely careful that we embrace the fullness. And not, but what it is is it's mixing. Is they didn't join the faith with the word and activate yep. that power. They didn't do both, and they doubted. But to experience the realm of confident rest, that calming rest in His Spirit, and um, it talks about today, like you said about mm -hmm. today, we have the opportunity to enter into this faith rest and experience the fulfillment of the promise. Um, for God has called us into a word today, you would listen to his voice and not harden your hearts. But anyway, yep. it just, there's just this complete rest that yep. God's waiting for us that's from our own works. And I think that that just really spoke to me today. I was like, we, that faith rest is to just cease from all human strength and yep. to be in a new realm where there's so much rest that when God had a day of rest and even when he was creating the earth, he said, it's all been done. Yep. Now, now it's all created. Yep. Now we get to rest. And, and, and if it was and, all created, see, see uh, remember, we have this perverted unscriptural concept of faith. Yes. Because we, we think that faith, you know, we've been taught that faith is a power that works in us to persuade God. I remember, I remember yes. the teaching of prayer back in it this. It activates what's yeah. already been. Faith actually activates everything that has been done. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a, a a prayer tool called twenty nine fifty nine, which is kind of popular, mm -hmm. but boy, it was loaded with works. But you know, their motto was move. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Well, no, it don't. You know, prayer doesn't move. That sounds like witchcraft to move. Well, exactly. It's, it's trying to manipulate God yeah, into action. Right. So you start realizing then so, so God created the world. So the yeah. seventh day, which, you know, here's something really interesting. Of all the things, and remember, every feast, every celebration, every holy day was for the purpose of looking back to God fulfilling his word. And mm -hmm. then based on that looking back, you enter into rest now because you realize his word is sure and you look forward to the promises of the future. And, and mm -hmm. it's amazing that the one thing that God wanted every believer in the world to ponder more than any single thing was creation. Yeah. Every seventh day was supposed to be about reminding yourself. Remembering. Yeah. Remembering. And remembering the creation so that you could come into that place of rest based on what God has already done. Exactly. Not on what you were going to try to get him to do. And so yes. we bring all that to. to and so, so, you know, you had the Sabbath as a model, you know, of entering into rest. Yeah. And then you have uh, uh, Joshua as a model of entering into rest by taking people into deliverance to the promised freedom. land. Yeah. And then you mm -hmm. ultimately have Jesus <clears throat> as taking you know uh, people into the true ultimate Sabbath. So, yeah. but you but again that that kind of validates that thing that 
even though they were going to go in there and fight giants, remember this was, man, this was the last vestige, if you will, of the, of the Nephilim. And there were, yeah. you know, the, the, the promised land, Canaan was filled full of giants. And so you're going in here to face giants. And, you know, your main thing that you have to do to come out and win and get your inheritance was you got to enter into rest. Yeah, exactly. It's such a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. And and I was I was listening to scriptures on my walk today, and it was one of my favorites. I think it's in Psalm 92. It says, because it's about that resting from my own strength. For oh. me, that's my practical challenge for today. I have a lot to do today. I could do today with my own strength, or I can enter into this realm oh. where I'm at rest. Like it's already, everything that needs to be done today oh. is already done. I'm just going to walk in what's already been done. And in Psalm 92, it says, you have made me as strong as a wild bull. How (laughs) And then it says, how refreshed I am by your power. Like that just literally makes me just smile. Like you've made me as strong. So when you think of those giants, those Nephilim, well, you've made me as strong as a wild bull. So how refreshed I am by your power. This isn't my power at all. This is me tapping into this confident, resting faith that it's already all been done today. That's that's my practical application yeah. for how I face a day because Absolutely. I contend to want to do things with my strength when they're in front of me. It's just mm-hmm. that conquering within me kind of a behavior pattern that I have. Mm-hmm. And yet I want to enter into that realm well, of you, you know, Bob, rest. you and I have talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, we're just talking about planning, you know, and getting things done and organizing to be effective and da 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 da. Which those are things you have to think about. I mean, because you know, how we organize determines if we're wasting God's money, you know, or if we're using God's money wisely. Whether or not we're whether or not we're giving really the the amount of of our personal time to personal ministry or to creating finances, and you know, and we talked, I don't know if you remember, we talked about this. You and I both faced this incredible challenge that we are talented at a lot of things. Yeah. And when you're mm-hmm. talented at a lot of things, that can, that can get you off track sometimes more than the person that's only talented at a few things. Right. And, and you feel as though I, I can jump in and do that. Yeah. And, and then you get yourself involved in things that you were never asked to do. Yeah. Like you I remember one time when I felt like God said to my heart, you've done like so much more than I ever asked you to do. Look look what I did. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't ask you to do that. I remember when years ago, my mom and dad had a banquet. They've been ministry all my life. And Jim, they had found a theme in me that I always said, I can do that. Like when they, when they didn't have a children's TV host back in children's TV, I just said, Oh, I can do that. There's nobody to write the newsletter. I can do that. So I started at age 19. I I always said, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. Cause my talents could match up with what they needed. And I remember at the 10th anniversary of the ministry, they gave me a watch and it was inscripted in the, on the back. It said, I can do that. And I, it was like this great big ceremony, like this, like Audrey can do anything. Like, here's your watch. 
that watch fell into the kitchen carburetor. We call it a carburetor in Canada, garbage disposal. Trash disposal. Yeah. And it made that, like, we turned on the carburetor and that watch turned it, like, you know, destroyed everything. And I, I I started crying. I went, my watch. And I felt that Holy Spirit moment, like... Do you really want that watch? Yeah. Like, do you really uh-huh. want it to be inscripted upon your life? I can do that. Like, that's literally the epitome of human. Say, strength. you're you know, nasher. All marked by all marked by time. Yeah, yeah. You know, always Thank being you. by the yeah. clock. Oh, See, you're you're nasher than me. I'd have been like, keep your watch. I want a bonus. <laughs> Give me some cash. <laughs> Give me some cash. <laughs> <laughs> like, Y'all gonna have to beat this if you want me to keep doing this. You know, here's an interesting factor about Hebrews, one. that the book of Hebrews, that uh, people tend to miss. There are five of the strongest warnings in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, uh, huh. as there are in anywhere and anywhere in the New Testament. Really, really. And so, keep in mind, Jesus, his. His parables were about kingdom living. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and we, I think we touched on this last week, but I'm going to say it again as I get into the part where this comes into Hebrews. So, almost all of these th- terrible things have happened to people who, in the parables, have poor character and all this kind of stuff because the parables are interpreted as telling people how to get born again, which they're not. Because if, if that's the case, then you're getting born, you're getting saved by works because it's, this is all about you know, managing your time and how you treat people, all this kind of stuff. Well, you jump over to the book of Hebrews and you have that same thing where in these warnings, you think all of these warnings are about people going to hell because, because they're not productive, they're not faithful or, or, or whatever. And, and, you know, we forget that the very model that Hebrew, the book of Hebrews uses is about all of the children came out of Egypt. And, and, you know, Paul says in Corinthians 10, it talks about how they all passed through the sea. In other words, they were all baptized into the body of Christ. Right. And, and yet he says, you know, all these thousands of them died in the wilderness. And so one of the great places of confusion that comes to people who do not understand the message of the kingdom is is they do not recognize the difference between when the Bible is addressing your salvation versus addressing your inheritance. Oh my goodness, this is crazy, yes. And so, you know, Paul makes that point in Corinthians, and really the book of Hebrews makes this point. I mean, it's made in several places. Like, like I say, that, you know, they all came out of Egypt. They all came out of the world. They all Passed through the sea, so they right. so they were all they they, they got salvation, yeah. they got saved. So in type in typology, they, they yeah. all got born again, and yeah. but yet they wandered in the wilderness for forty years until all of them died off, and then another generation went to the promised land. So the issue here is not did they lose their salvation; the issue is they lost their inheritance. Whoa. And, if, and I think that's so many people. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, a lot of people, of course, what hit me with the question about, you know, can a homosexual be a Christian? Right. And I'm like, well, can a liar be a Christian? You know, right. Can a yeah. divorcee be a Christian? I mean, and I just go down the yeah. list. It's like, okay, so, so, you know, where do you draw the line on who can be a Christian? Right. Because the, 
because the Bible doesn't say that people who do those things can never get saved. It says they can't enter, they can't get their inheritance. Right, and, right. And which is the promise of rest. And, well, righteousness, peace, and, and joy, enter. and the Holy yeah. Ghost. And yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, when I talk to my homosexual friends, I'm real honest with them. I'm like, look, I don't know if you're saved or not. That's between you and God. And you're the only right. one that can truly answer that. I said, but I, I do know this. You're never going to, you're never going to have an inheritance in this, in this world. Yeah. Uh, and, and they'll say, well, 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 why is that that way? I mean, I know a lot of people that are not homosexuals that are committing this sin, this sin. I said, they're not going to have a, an inheritance here either. And I take them to the book of Romans, Romans 14, where it says that, you know, this is our inheritance. And, uh, and, and, and these are the people that because of their lifestyle, they can't enter into it. Now, that's not God punishing them and saying, I'm going to withhold this from you. That is because they never mixed actual faith with the word that they heard, just like the children of Israel. Therefore, mm-hmm. they could not enter into the promised land, which was the place of rest. And so people today, are they, they think they're struggling with, uh, am I saved or am I not saved? No, that's not, that's not you're asking the wrong question. No. Yes. The question is, are you living in the inheritance? If your life is mm-hmm. crap, if, you, you know, if, ever, if you're in conflict all the time, if you struggle all the time, you know, if, you, if you can't consistently keep victory, you just, you know, yeah. if, if you're not living in peace and enjoying the peace, peace of God, then the real truth is you are living a compromised life that is affecting your heart in a way that mm-hmm. you can't trust God to enter into the promised land and get your inheritance. That's, I'm, that's I'm pretty s- dramatic. So, again, I, I just kind of go back because this is all tying together yeah. really, really well. And because victorious living, as you said earlier, it's for it's for now. It's for yeah. this day. Yes, it's today. It's Literally today. today. And, uh, and then also we were speaking earlier just about the strength of character. Yeah. You see, and that's what you're, you're, you're saying here. In order... For me to really kind of live in, you know, my inheritance, you see, I live life from the inside out. Yep. And yes. so much is, you know, people looking, you know, God, what will you do for me out here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how, yes. how will you change this? How, how you will change you this make person? that happen yes. for me? <clears throat> if, and, you, if you deal with the inside, you'll never ask that question. Yeah. And, and I know you know that. No, that's yes. exactly it. Yes. Because <clears throat> as we were saying... When when we have that Sabbath rest, when we have that rest, you know, as in creation, and you just kind of take a look back, yep. all of a sudden, what what happens is that now I know yep. the fullness and the truth of my identity. Yep. Yeah, I know where I've come from and how it correlates, you know, yep. with each other and where I'm at, and I don't need to question. I don't yep. need to be in doubt. Oh, there is oh, such yeah. a rest that comes. You know, um, here is a question that I like to put toward people sometimes. You know, you know, for golly, 27 years, we had a residential Bible college here and launched. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many people into the ministry. It started churches all over the world. And, you know, one of the things we used to t- tell our Bible school students when they, come, when they came here was, 
If you come here with a ministry that you're go, I mean, with a mindset that you're going into the ministry, you won't make it here. Because I am not going to relate to you as somebody who's going into the ministry. You're either in the ministry or you're not. And if you're in the ministry, you're managing, you know, that's not about having a title. It's not about getting paid. It's not even so much about what you do, but, but it's about what, also about whether or not you take on the responsibilities. Do I take on, do I take on the responsibilities about how I live affects people? If you know, my, my life is my testimony. And, uh, and, and so do I take all, am I in the ministry accepting all of the responsibilities that come with that? So, you know, uh, one of the questions with that in mind and from that perspective, one of the questions I ask people, and th this, this reveals whether or not they are, in, that they are living in their inheritance now. In other words, they're living Good. in the kingdom yeah. of God now. You know, yeah. one of the questions I ask people is like, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. If, you know, if, Everything that you want God to do in your life, if that were to happen right now, you know, just suddenly maybe all of your bills were paid, uh, you know, you, you had a comfortable house or, you know, any of these things that you... That all, your prodigal, all your prodigal kids came home. Yeah, all your prodigal... Yeah. So, one, one of the questions, so tell me some of the things you would do differently in that circumstance. And yeah. of course, people will always say that if they had more money, they'd be more generous. You know, they will mm. always say, if I had a bigger house, I'd be more hospitable. You know, you know what I mean? Ah. So, so I just let them tell me what all Interesting. they would do differently or what they would be doing, you know, if they were there. And so whatever, you know, I, I have just a discussion with them. I try to listen to the Holy Spirit and see how he kind of leads me to have a discussion with them. But the, the one thing that I tell them at the end of it is, well, then here's something you need to understand. It, then if all of those things happened and came to pass, they would all destroy you. Hmm. Because if you're not generous now, you're not going to become generous when you have more money. Matter right. of fact, statistics show that on a percentage basis, people get more and more stingy. The more money they the more money they get yeah. because their mm -hmm. percentage of giving will you know will go down. And, right. and and they're looking at the they're looking at the amount that they're giving. They're not looking at what they have and what their resources are and that sort of thing. And so any anything that you are not doing now means you don't have the character to live in that kind of life. So if suddenly you somehow came into that kind of life, it would absolutely destroy you. Wow. Yeah, I'll never forget one sobering, of the... Sobering, sobering. That is, a, that is very sobering. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was the second time Brenda and I ever... You know, you know I've talked about how that, man, we were, we were poor. I mean, I'm telling you, Brenda and I, people do not realize how hard it was for us financially in, in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I was still I was still sick. I was on experimental sick, yeah. drugs, one hundred twenty five dollars a day back in the 80s with no insurance. Wow. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and then I spent the, the first year we were married. I spent six weeks sitting in a, in, in a courtroom because because there were people that hated us and uh, intended 
to just drive. I mean, they, they believed that they could just drive me into the ground. I would just give up and walk away. And then they would have control of her. That's, that's really what they wanted. It was. Right. And so, so you know, I, I, man, I, I probably had $100,000 in the legal fees the first year, year and a half. I cannot even imagine. Oh, it was crazy. Every, every day was a brand new pressure and had people trying to kill me and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Right. And so, um, and so, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, we, we lived from hand to mouth, but you know, we would still do these things where we would, she would cook a meal, she'd figure out a way yeah. and she'd cook a meal and invite somebody over. And, and, you know, I'd minister to, I get home from work, I'd go minister to them, lead them to Jesus, you know, and, <laughs> and, and and so people thought that because we were hospitable and generous, they actually thought that, that, that we had money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I will never forget there was this, there was this girl that was just depressed all the time. And, you know, she just whined and complained all the time. And, you know, I gave her my prescription uh, for how <laughs> to get over being depressed. Uh, right. You know, you need to get over yourself and you need to start doing things for other people. Right. You know, the person who stays focused on himself never comes out of depression. Wow. So, so they, so, but here was what she said to me. She said, I'm not like you and Brenda. I don't have the money to invite right. people into my home and feed them. She didn't realize that she had just finished eating the last bit of food that we wow. had for our wow. children and for our family for the wow. upcoming week. Wow. Never wow. crossed her mind. You know what I mean? Wow. Yes. So, so, you know, one of the things, and, and I, you know, we didn't earn this, but mm -hmm. one of the things that astounded people, I mean, like I said, here I am, man, I am going, I'm sinking to the bottom of the well. I, I know I got to wrap up here. We got about yeah, four okay. minutes here, yeah. but I was sinking to the bottom of the well financially. Yeah. Uh, every, I mean, every door that you could imagine of opportunity was absolutely closed to me. But just in a matter of months, you know, we had a house, we had a new vehicle. I was traveling all over the world ministering. You know, we were, we were prospering like crazy. Nobody could figure that out. How did that happen? Well, I couldn't really mm -hmm. tell you how it happened, but I can tell you this. Uh, we were generous and, you know, grace is a two-sided coin. Mm. Anything you get the grace to be, then you have the grace to receive. So you can't get the grace to re grace to get something does not come until there is grace to give it away. Mm. And you know we didn't earn it, but I can tell you this: we develop with great intention, not to pro not because we want to prosper, but because we want to help people. We determined that we would be generous, and we would find the way to use the resources we had to serve people. And I'm yeah. telling you what, it, it came back to us in ways that we couldn't figure out or measure or make happen. But what a flow, like that you literally described flow yep. is grace to receive and grace to give, grace yep. to receive, grace to live. And this flow, Yes, it's financial. Yes, it's opportunities. But yes, it's mercy. I get all this mercy from God. Then I give so much mercy to others. Like yeah. whatever it happens to be, there's just this can apply to yeah. everything. And that flow is life. That yes. is the life of God and the life of the kingdom yeah. living through us. So if people want to get into kingdom living. Yeah. It can't be. It's going to happen when something changes. 
No. It's going to be no. This is where I, this is where I'm going to live forever. I'm going to enter yes. into this yep. place of rest. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop using as an excuse what I don't have, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start using as a purpose what I do have. Yes. And I, you know, I, I can yeah. only. I, I I I wanted to look up this scripture. I just didn't get time to look it up. But you know, you know, Paul says something to to the to the degree of, well, you know, you you, you might intend to give this, but you know, basically, you're blessed uh, uh, on what you have to give, not what you don't have, not what you wish you had. Powerful. Powerful. Mm-hmm. I love love this. It's entering into the realm of yep. confident rest. Yep. It's not on our human strength. What? A, see, what you just said just now about that, it was like the prescriptions that we used to do back in the day. This is your prescription. Like, this mm-hmm. is your prescription if you're a de- depressed person. Yep. This, is, this is your prescription for today, not tomorrow. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. Like, yep. get the flow started. Push through the resistance and just receive and give. Like, the grace is that two-sided coin. Yeah. I was looking at uh, Psalm 100. That was our direction. Oh yeah, we were uh, going to go today. today's podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I think that this will lead so perfectly into next week's podcast. You know, with yeah. with regards to uh, mm. Psalm 100. You know, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Yeah. yeah the, the 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 lifestyle that we're speaking about. You know, now is a life that you know we would describe as easy. Full mm-hmm. of joy, full of gladness. We mm-hmm. mentioned that in a previous podcast. Yeah. You know, people think that bad life is hard, you know, and it's difficult. <laughs> and it's just like, it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter. You know, I was praying. <laughs> I was praying. No, it doesn't. I was praying another day. I love what you just said. Yes. <clears throat> so many people were just bombarding me, you know, with their fears about what's happening in the government, what's happening in the economy. Yeah. And I said, yeah. well, all I can tell you, I can tell you this for sure. This is one thing I can tell you for sure. Jesus says, let not yourself be troubled. So quit being troubled about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was, I think it's um, Isaiah 58 where it says, uh, with all these things happening, you know, what, this is one thing that God, yo, the, the Lord said to me in the strongest of terms, it says in Isaiah 58, I think it is, don't think like everybody else. Just thinking that there's a conspiracy going on, all this stuff, like fear God and don't fear anything else. That's yep. it. Absolutely. Like it's just so simple. I love that. Let not your heart be troubled. Thanks for that, Jim. Well, it worked for me. <sighs> fun times, fun times. But well, we're out of time, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. The watch went down the garbage disposal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jim. I love this. Okay, any any uh, uh, kind of a hook is kind of what I'm looking for. For, t- for next week? No, no, no. Well, sure, the hook for next week, but as well. The prescription for today. Oh, well, okay. My prescription for today would be this. Live the life in Christ that you choose to live with, with, with absolutely no concern for what you have, what you don't have, what the circumstances would, would dictate and what they wouldn't dictate. Be happy. If you want to be happy, yes. quit being unhappy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, yeah. if, you, if, you want to, if you want to overcome your fear about what's going on in the world, but look at something else. Think, you know, look focus at Christ. On, focus on something Give else. Your attention but yeah. enter yeah. into this rest now, because if yeah. you don't enter into this rest now, the harder life becomes, the more excuses you have to never have peace. 
profound. Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you so much. So Tim. true. Good. I think a lot of people, when they're listening to this, you guys are going to rewind that, listen to that about 10 times because <laughs> mm-hmm. that was really no, good. Yeah. Just, just, I love it. That. Jim, hear you're that. such, you're such an amazing brother. Thank well, you thank so you much. Thank you so much. You, yeah. you guys, we, we do. Uh, the only reason I would be is because of how we do this together. Yeah. We love it. Good. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. It's been so fun and we'll see you next time. Absolutely. And again, episode 245. Four five. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.